Welcome back to my podcast. This episode is going to be all about how to cope at Christmas when you struggle with food. It's actually a repost of last year's Christmas episode because if it's not broke, I don't think I should fix it. It gives you nine tips on how to cope with Christmas when you struggle with your relationship with food. And I think it's a really lovely overview of the kind of things that most of my clients struggle with around Christmas time. So I hope it's really helpful for you too. The episode after this is going to be all about how to cope with feeling full and a bit about how to cope with food guilt and feeling like you're not, um, let's say, feeling yourself for optimum health, right, around Christmas, whatever that means. So that will be the next episode. And so if you're thinking in this episode, okay, all these tips are great, but I struggle with feeling full or I feel guilty about being full or I feel guilty about eating certain foods. Don't worry, I'm going to cover that more in the next episode. So stay tuned for next week when that will be scheduled. Of course, it's the Christmas break. So I these episodes are both pre-scheduled and then the same with the first one in January because I'm going to be off on Christmas holidays and if you celebrate Christmas I hope you have a really nice Christmas break and if you don't celebrate Christmas I hope you have a really good uh, holiday if you're going to be on holiday or whatever you're doing as well. So thanks so much for supporting the podcast this year. Just wanted to wish you a really lovely end to 2023 and a really nice start to 2024. I will be back with you, of course, weekly for the podcast in 2024. So I hope that you enjoy the final two episodes of 2023. So let's get started with this ultimate guide to coping with food at Christmas time. And then next week, the final episode will be all about fullness and food guilt. So let's get on with the episode. I hope that this episode is going to be inspiring to you in the upcoming weeks or whenever you're listening to this. So I'm recording this episode end of December. Well, not the end of December. I'm recording this on the 20th of December and just about to break off for my December Christmas holidays. And I thought it was really important before we, and I thought it was really important before I do that to bring you some tips to help you cope with the, this time of year, which is very filled with you know, food and family. So let's just dive straight into it. All right. So my number one tip is remember that you have permission to do what's best for you. So if that means that you don't want to participate in every single thing to do with food that your family or your friends might be doing, that's okay. If it means that you don't want to eat as much food as other people or that you want to skip certain traditions that's fine too I'm not talking here about intentionally restricting but what I mean by skipping certain foods or traditions is let's say your family they all like to eat a certain food that maybe you're fearful of right now you have permission to not challenge that food and instead to focus on eating more comfortable 
foods. So let me give you an actual example. Let's say your family all like to go to the Christmas market and have, you know, one of these hot chocolates with the, the cream and the marshmallows, etc. And perhaps that just feels too out of reach for you at the moment and that wouldn't feel safe. So perhaps you, maybe you'll opt for something else like a coffee or a tea or like a hot apple juice, something like that. You might even say, actually, what's best for me today is to have the hot chocolate, but I'm not going to have it with cream or I'm not going to have it with marshmallows. Or maybe you go the full shebang and you do join in and have the hot chocolate and maybe you have as much as feels right or the whole thing. Obviously, there's lots of different ways this could go down, but you have permission to do what's best for you. And I want that to be the really the main takeaway from this episode is that in your eating disorder recovery, you have permission to do what's best for you. But that shouldn't be letting your eating disorder call the shots. So we also have to bear that in mind too. All right, tip number two. You have permission to set boundaries with your family and with whoever you might spend time with. I know this is very easier said than done, especially when we think about family dynamics, but you have permission to set the boundaries that you can and that you want to. So that might be setting boundaries with how much you're going to talk about your eating disorder, how much you're going to talk about food, maybe even how much time you're going to spend around certain people. There might be people who you often spend time with around the holidays who really aren't that helpful for you. So you might set a boundary in advance, even just within your own brain that says, okay, I'm going to see them for an hour maximum and then I need to leave because it's best for my my well-being to do that. Or it might be that you send a text to, I don't know, a group chat or you might send someone a private message or obviously, you know, talk to them in person if you want to. And you might say, look, I'm not going to be talking about X, Y, Z. Or you might say, I'm not going to be discussing X, Y, Z. You can set boundaries in the moment as well by taking yourself out of a situation. So, for example, if you're around the dinner table or relaxing, you know, in the living room, you might take yourself out of that situation and maybe you might go to the bathroom or you might go outside for a second, you might go to another room, you might do something else. Really anything that you do to set boundaries is very appropriate and it's what you're allowed to do. And you know, part of eating disorder recovery is developing boundaries and developing a sense of protecting yourself outside of your eating disorder. So this might be a really lovely time of year to practice that. All right, number three. I know that depending on when you listen to this, it might be, you know, a little bit difficult to do this, but I recommend planning activities that aren't to do with food. So um, if you do celebrate Christmas, you'll know that Christmas Day is very centered around food. So I wonder if you could plan any activities that don't center around food. Or if you're listening to this in advance, maybe you could plan 
um, events or things to do with your friends and family that aren't food centered. So some ideas that I'm thinking about might be going to the cinema, going to a play, going to ice skating, going to like the winter like market if you have one, maybe going um, to visit other relatives or friends. It might be driving around and seeing Christmas lights. It might be candle making, bath bomb making, or I've even seen people going like caroling, if that's something you might want to do. So really just thinking of activities that you could do that don't really center food. All right, number four, I want you to make sure you're including foods that feel really accessible and really safe to you. So there's a a big theme around Christmas time and like the holiday, kind of holiday times in general, like Easter and Valentine's Day, to really go all in with food. And thinking back to the first point that you have permission to do whatever feels right to you. So I recommend making sure that you're including safe foods, no matter what you're eating. So let me give you an example. And I don't know if this relates to you, but let's say that a fear food or food that makes you a bit uncomfortable is chocolate. Maybe it might be a an idea to pair that food with something that feels safe like let me think um a fruit or maybe some crackers maybe some bread maybe some you know some chocolate and then you can maybe have um some toast or some soup or something to go along with it maybe those aren't the best examples of what you might eat with chocolate but something that you could eat to go alongside whatever you're having just to kind of make it a little bit more neutral and not have it be oh my gosh I'm eating x food that is a big deal to me trying to bring it down to level playing field a bit by having it with something else and then on the same note tip number five is really important and if you are someone who has listened to lots of my podcast you will probably be able to guess what's coming up and that is to eat three meals and at least two to three snacks I always draw this home because this is your foundation of a healthy relationship to food and even though it's Christmas time or a holiday you still need to be eaten regularly and you still need to be eaten enough I obviously am based in the UK and there's a big there's a big culture of not eating on Christmas Day until you have your like Christmas lunch. Obviously you might eat like breakfast, but people tend to wake up earlier on Christmas Day and so there tends to be a big gap between breakfast and Christmas lunch. With Christmas lunch being, you know, the the lunch, you know, with all the food. And so there tends to be a really big gap and that might not always be intentional. It might be accidental because people are busy, but I know from my experience that it can also be intentional trying to save up calories so that you can eat as much as possible 
on your your Christmas dinner. So I want you to make sure you're eating three meals and at least three snacks. Even if people around you aren't doing that, that's what's best for you. Number six, I really recommend you taking time to relax with a really, well, the relaxing, but a really like mindful activity, if that's possible. So maybe you might plan out what you're going to do. So something that my clients, something that some of my clients are doing, I should say, is they are planning on having a activity to do after every meal. So when they have their breakfast, they're going to, for example, read a chapter of their book. After lunch, they're going to do a jigsaw. And then after dinner, they're going to do something else. Off the top of my head, you might say, right, I'm going to I'm gonna take the dog for a walk or I'm going to brush the cat. Right? I don't know. Something like this, right? Something that you can do after. And this is really going to help you decompress right after eating and it's going to be especially important for those of you who might have the urge to make up for food with purging and it's also going to be helpful for those of you who have your minds kind of spin after eating as well hopefully it will help calm that down and number seven I want you to remember your why, why you're recovering from a difficult relationship to food. And another bonus point on here is if you don't have a, a reasons for recovery list somewhere, I wonder if this time of year is the perfect time to make one. So you might get a piece of paper and write down all the reasons that you want to feel better around food and then when things get difficult you might look at that or you might choose one of those points and journal about it or even you know just think about it so let's pretend one of your reasons for recovery is that you want to have more energy so you might simply think about that like what would I have more energy for or you might write it down and like journal about it so it might be you want to have more energy for going to uni or you might want to be able to read more. You might want to be able to have more relationships. I really think that this is key to recovery is knowing your why. So I wonder if this time of year is the time to really start reflecting on that and really start, oh, it's going to sound a bit wishy-washy, but like putting that energy out into the world that you do want to recover and you know your reasons why. All right, the final two ways to cope with Christmas or the holidays is more a practical tip like on Christmas meal times. So I want you to try, if possible, to sit with someone that you feel comfortable with when you're eating. This is actually quite a big game changer so obviously it depends on the size of your like family and your dinner table and I mean you might not even have a dinner table like I don't I don't know the situations for you but I think trying to sit next to someone who is the least likely to maybe talk about 
fiddler or bodies or someone just someone that you feel really comfortable with so a lot of my clients have been saying that that tends to be younger people so like the 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 children and the family um so maybe you're like younger siblings cousins really anyone who makes you feel comfortable it could also be and then the final tip is really just remember that Christmas time oh I've heard a little a little bell notification <laughs> just remember that Christmas time is usually just one week it's around a week long um maybe a bit longer depending on how long it goes on for you but you know maybe around a week just remember that it's it's truly just a drop in the ocean you have as long as you need to recover from your eating disorder or disordered eating it doesn't need to all happen in one go you have permission to take it easy slow or you have permission to take it fast and challenge things but remember it's just a drop in the ocean and this time of year is really difficult for lots of people even people without eating disorders right for lots of different reasons and I really hope that you have a lovely festive period if you do celebrate if you don't celebrate and you celebrate at another time of the year I hope that this episode will be helpful for you then and I will see you in the next episode bye bye